It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal. I hope wherever you're watching or listening to this episode around the world, you are having a very good start or end, again, depending where you're watching or listening to this, end to your day. Uh, it is Thursday. We are now just two days away from the Premier League returning. Cannot wait for this weekend. Big, big game for Arsenal, of course, at Chelsea as they look to back up that win against Manchester City just before the international break. Feels like a while ago now, doesn't it, that win? Uh, it's been nice being able to sort of bask in the glory of it for the last couple of weeks. But now the business is about to pick up again with that game at Chelsea. And what a uh, what a huge thing it would be, I think, if Arsenal could back that win up with three points at Stamford Bridge. So we'll talk about that today. We'll look at who could well be starting that game, discussing some of the big decisions, I suppose, that Mikel Arteta is facing when it comes to his team selection. I don't actually think there are too many of them this week, depending, of course, that uh, there haven't been some sort of injury issues that we don't yet know about. Mikel's press conference is tomorrow, where we'll be previewing the Chelsea game 9am that is scheduled for at London Colney. So we'll be hearing from him then, hopefully to get a little bit more details about how the likes of Bakayo Saka are. Saka, of course, missing that game against Manchester City before the international break. So let's get stuck into that show. And we'll start with Bakayo Saka, because I think that's uh, certainly a big, big, key point of how this game is going to pan out is if Bakaya Saka is fit. Now, I thought Arsenal did well without Saka against Manchester City. It was the first time in what pretty much feels like about 10 years that Arsenal had gone into a Premier League game without Bakayo um, because it started like 80-odd in a row, hadn't he, uh, leading up to that game. Um, they did all right without Saka against Manchester City, but I think if he does come back for this, and we hope he does, um, I think that's going to make a big, big impact on what this Arsenal team can do. We haven't seen yet this season Saka, Jesus and Martinelli start a game together. I think they've only been on the pitch together for about 20-odd minutes so far this season. So for all the talk about how Arsenal haven't quite hit the heights that they hit last season in an attacking sense, you know, I suppose that is quite a good excuse, if you want to call it an excuse, for that or a reason 
but that is that the top three forwards that Arsenal have had that caused so many problems to teams last season just haven't been there this season. And that has meant Mikel's had to use people in different positions. He's had to move Gabriel Jesus all over the front line to cover first for Martinelli, then for Saka. And he did that very well against Manchester City. But it would be great to see Jesus back up front. And, you know, Bukayo Saka's fitness is going to be absolutely crucial to that. And he's such an important player. Of course, we know that. You know, he makes Arsenal tick. He scores Arsenal the, a big majority of the Arsenal goals or he sets them up. He's always involved, even if he's not in the best of form. He's not having the best of games, which I think we could probably all say this season. He's not really had that yet where he's blown everyone away with his performance. But even despite that, he's still contributing. I think goals and assists before um, sort of leading up to the Bournemouth game, I think he'd either scored or set up half of Arsenal's goals in the Premier League. And that's a player who many people are questioning whether he's been anywhere near his top form yet or is he carrying injuries through games. That's how important he is. And I think that's why if he does come back at Stamford Bridge, at Stamford Bridge this weekend, he's going to make a big, big impact. And, you know, when you're looking at who is going to start this game, depending on Saka's fitness, which again, hopefully we might find out a little bit more about tomorrow if Mikel is in a talkative move. Of course, we know a lot of the time he'll keep things close to the chest and he'll be trying to out sort of think rival managers as myself and James spoke about in yesterday's episode of Inside Arsenal. It's the time when we're talking about the kind of mind games that Arteta plays with team leads. But, you know, with Saka, it might be a little bit different this time because he's been here for the last two weeks. There was lots of reports, of course, building up building up to the Man City game that he was going to be fit to make that. Ultimately, he didn't. But you would hope if he was even relatively close to making Manchester City, then with two more weeks worth of rehab and recovery, um, then he should be fine for this one. And if he is, then there's not really too many big decisions mate, uh, facing Mikel going into the game against Chelsea. I think the midfield, as I spoke about in yesterday morning show, is clearly a key one. You know, he's got a big decision to make there if Thomas Partey is fine, having come back from the USA, which we hope he will. We played 60-odd minutes. He had no, as far as I'm aware, no sort of ill effects from that 60-odd minutes that he played in the game against USA. He played 45 minutes against Mexico a few days before that. Um, by all accounts, he's fine. And he, and so Mikel's going to have to, Mikel and the medical staff, of course, are going to have to make a decision when it comes to Thomas Partey. And, you know, if Thomas Partey's fit, as I've said before, I think he plays. I think he starts. He's so important to Arsenal. He's really, really crucial. If he's not, if there's any sort of slight doubt, if there's any sort of nagging sort of words coming from the medical staff saying, you know what, I think he's probably best if he starts this one on the bench, we can bring him on for half an hour, then by all means play Jorginho. It wouldn't bother me. Jorginho showed against Manchester City how good he can be. I do want to see that midfield beefed up a little bit. So I don't want to see either Havertz or Vieira in the number eight for this one. I want to see uh, Declan Rice playing there as he did against Man City with either Thomas Partey or Jorginho behind him. And, you know, you kind of look at that and think that's the only really big decision facing Mikel Arteta is what to do in that number deep line six role. Um, elsewhere, you sort of look around the team and you know, Ben White is clearly going to play at right back, providing Gabriel is fine, having come back from Brazil. Then he's going to join William Saliba at centre-back. Zinchenko will play um, at uh, left-back. And then, as I said, the midfield kind of picks itself if Thomas Partey's fit and up front if Saka's fit, that picks itself. And for the first time this season, really, we've been able to say that, that the team selection, providing nothing's happened, just basically picks itself. And it's going to be really, really good to see a full-strength Arsenal team. When you look at sort of the key areas, I think, where this game could be won or lost, I think from a Chelsea point of view, Raheem Sterling's obviously been very, very good for them 
recently while others have been struggling he's been making a big big impact for Pochettino you kind of look at where he's going to play is he going to be up against Ben White if he is I think that's going to be a really crucial battle um for that one will it be Mudrick against Ben White you know if if uh Sterling's over on the right hand side then he's going to be up against Zinchenko Zinchenko in night no lights to vacate that space to go forward and create that extra man in midfield will Sterling uh, look to take advantage of that and get in behind. You would suggest he will again. And so Gabriel's going to have a big, big job to do to sort of cover that space that Zinchenko leaves and make sure that Sterling doesn't have too much of a sort of wide open pitch to run into. And those are going to be the key battles. And last season, Arsenal was so good at shutting Chelsea down at Stamford Bridge. They were exceptional at it. And they got that win. It was only 1-0, but the scoreline didn't reflect Arsenal's dominance. They absolutely hammered Chelsea that day. They gave them a lesson, showed how far ahead of them they were. Chelsea haven't have had the best of starts this season, but they, before the international break, did start picking up a couple of results. They got a really good win at Burnley. They'd won, I think it was at Fulham as well, hadn't they? So they had started to pick up results. So confidence is going to be a little bit boosted for them. We're not going to see the kind of haphazard Chelsea, I think, that we'd seen earlier on in the season. Injury-wise, it looks like they're going to be boosted a little bit. Um, uh, Reese James, who I spoke about yesterday, um, I think Naz at the standard was saying that it was a doubt for the game. He hadn't started training with the squad yet, but then Chelsea released a picture. I think I've got it here, actually. Uh, I'll just bring it up on screen. Chelsea released a picture yesterday, potentially in response to those uh, reports, showing that he was out on the grass. We don't, you know, you can't tell there in that picture if that's full training or not. Um, some suggestions are that it is and that he is pushing to make the game against Arsenal, which for a Chelsea point of view would be, you know, really, really positive for him because it's such a good right back and he makes things happen for Chelsea, both defensively and going forward as well. And when you're coming up against someone like Gabriel Martinelli, you'd want Reese James playing. But, um, you know, other than that, Chelsea don't look like they're in the worst of forms. There's a couple of other players and I know you're all loving my pronunciation of it yesterday. I've, ha- I've had a proper look at it this time and it's just, Chukameka, there you go. I think that is about right. He is a doubt uh, for Chelsea. Um, Brozier is a doubt as well, but I imagine Jackson will play it up front anyway. So um, there's a few sort of things going on in the Chelsea point point of view when it comes to their team selection for the game against Arsenal. But if Reese James is back, then that's certainly going to make them uh, a lot, lot stronger. But having said that, it's also a little bit of risk. A player who's not really played much this season is a con- constant injury doubt with that hamstring of his you know if you rush him back a little bit early and you're playing against like a player like Martinelli with that pace and explosion then if you're not 100% fit then you're really really going to struggle so it's a decision for Pochettino to make as well it's not just Arteta who is uh, faced with the big decisions it is uh, Pochettino as well Hey it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith co-star of my upcoming film If only in theaters May 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. 
If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In terms of the starting 11 that I would go for in this game, I think, you know, as I've been saying, it kind of, I, I would go with Raya again um, for this one. I know that there's been a bit of debate, well, there's been lots of debate about David Raya and Aaron Ramsdale, but, um, you know, I think Raya's come in, he's clearly Mikel Arteta's number one. I don't see that changing. So um, I'd be going with Raya in goal. And then, as I said, the back four, if everyone's fit, it picks itself. The only really sort of option for me is that party Jorginho role. And as I've said, if party's fine, if he's deemed fine, then for me, Thomas Party starts. And then you have Rice Nodegaard ahead of him, Saka, Martinelli and Jesus. You know, it's, that's the 11 that I would be going for. Whether it's one Mikel decides, we'll have to wait and see. But that's certainly the 11 that I would be going for. Do you agree? Disagree? Let me know, as always, in the comments below. And now talking about some comments, let's go to some of the ones that you guys have been saying. One from JT, who's got in touch and says, exciting to feel like there is some quality in the midfield depth. I would like to see Vieira step in and Kai as a false nine or Jesus with Eddie on the bench. They need to attack a weak Chelsea team. Party and Rice will control, but not sure they will have the same offensive punch. Mudrick is not an Arsenal player, so I don't really care about his play. We can control him. Anyway, yeah, I don't I don't necessarily agree about Party and Rice um not having that offensive punch. You know, I think Thomas Party he get, he offers so much for Arsenal in an attacking sense that a lot of people don't realise. His speed of ball, his quality of passing, the way he splits the lines and the way he can find Martin Odegaard. When he's not in the team, Arsenal are much, much worse off because of that. Um offensively especially because as me and James were talking about yesterday on Inside Arsenal Extra Time and it was a really good point that James made that when Partey's not in the team Odegaard is having to drop a lot deeper to get the ball a lot of the time off the goalkeeper but when Partey's on the, in the team Partey's the player getting the ball from the keeper off from the centre-backs and then he's immediately looking to break the lines and feed Odegaard who's higher up the pitch and then he's in a you know in much more space to sort of attack the final third so I, I think Partey when he's in the team gives Arsenal a lot offensively to be honest. And I think as much as you say Chelsea's a weak team, I don't think they are. I think they're still a very good team with very good players. And I think in midfield, especially, they're very, very strong with Enzo and Caicedo. So this is not going to be any walk in the park for Arsenal. It's still a trip to Stamford Bridge. By the way, if Arsenal keep a clean sheet um, tomorrow, I think they become the first team in English top flight history to keep four clean sheets in a row in the start of a season away from home. What an impressive stat that would be. Um, but I wouldn't like to see Vieira or Kai in uh, in the team tomorrow. I don't think Arsenal need those two in the team. By all means, be, you know, be on the bench, bring them on, make an impact like you know, Havertz did against Manchester City. But yeah, for me, I'd be going with that party Rice sort of double pivot almost in midfield, although Rice a little bit further ahead and Odegaard. And I'd certainly, if Saka's fit, be playing Gabriel Jesus as the nine. Here's one from David who says, Arsenal needs somebody like uh, Zuba Mendy at the base of midfield. Perlo was played as a deep lion defensive midfielder, whilst a more combative player like Gattuso was played more in the eight for Milan. Jorginho is a better option than Party, in my opinion. Party makes us less, too defensive and less creative. I'd be good with Zinchenko as a left eight. Yeah, again, Zinchenko as a left eight is something I would kind of like to see a lot more for Arsenal. Uh, we see it for Ukraine. He does it very, very well, but it clearly looks like something that Mikel Arteta doesn't really fancy. 
again, I don't agree with when you say party makes us too defensive and less creative. As I said in the previous answer, I think when party's on the pitch, he offers Arsenal an awful lot offensively and creatively just with his ability to pass the ball forward, to break the lines, to play that ball around the corner really, really quickly that no one else in that midfield really can. So, uh, yeah. Great. Thanks for your opinion. Appreciate it as always. Um, but yeah, I'd be, uh, I, I'm not, I don't agree on the whole Jorginho party thing as much as I think Jorginho is a good player. I haven't seen too much of Superman. He obviously is a player who's been heavily linked to Arsenal over the last sort of 12 months or so, really. And looks like he will be on the move at some point, whether that be to Arsenal or Barcelona, who appear to be very, very interested as well. We'll have to wait and see. But clearly a player who is uh, very, very talented. Um, but I just haven't seen too much of him, really, to give my opinion on what sort of quality he has. Here's one from Super Connie saying nearly 100 million spent on two left-sided eights and both not trusted to start. I think this was in response to something I said yesterday when I said I didn't want Vieira or Havertz in that left eight role against Chelsea. Look, I don't think it's because they're not trusted to start and I think they will start and they have started plenty of games and I think they'll impact plenty of games. We've seen Vieira make big impacts this season. Havertz not so much, but you know, at least in the last couple of games, he has started to make a bit of an impact. He scored against Bournemouth, got the match-winning assist against Manchester City. Um, I think, yeah, it's not a case of not trusting them. I just think for 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 certain games, especially games like this away at Stamford Bridge, Party and Rice is the way to go in this midfield. You know, that's what was so exciting about signing Rice is to have the option of playing these two together in these really big away games. Um, and I think this is just a perfect away game for those two to, to start. So I don't think it's it's not me saying I'm not trusting either of the, those two to start. It's just I think this is a game that is better served for a different option when it comes to choosing the midfield. Here's one from Nelson uh, 2000 says, hello, Charles, why give him a new contract then? This is a statement I keep seeing from many people, including yourself. I have to ask, what has that got to do with giving players minutes? For example, Reese could have gone on a free transfer. Is the club supposed to let it happen? This is obviously, of course, of, I think at times me saying, you know, why is if Reese is still here and you're giving him a new contract, why can't you play him when Martinelli and Trossard are injured? Why can't he, you know, why don't you start him in these games? And I can get your point. Absolutely. You have to. And I, yeah, and definitely I think, look, if the good thing about giving Reese a new contract, even if he isn't going to stay, stick around is that you can obviously get some cash for him. And I think Arsenal would get some cash for him. Had he gone on a free transfer, you're losing on a free. The counter argument of that, of course, is you're giving him quite a big new contract, not a massive one, but quite a big new contract. And you're going to have to pay that contract for however long he's at the club. So even if you end up selling him for, I don't know, 20 million, 12 months down the line next summer, you're going to have to pay an awful lot. You'd have had to pay a massive amount of wages before you get to that point. And had he gone, you wouldn't have had to pay those wages, of course. So yes, you'd get a big transfer fee or quite a big transfer fee rather than the free transfer. But a lot of that transfer fee you'd have already given him in wages over the course of the year, if you see what I mean. And to be honest, it's not so much more about transfer fees anyway. I just think we've seen enough from Reese to show he can influence games and can make an impact. So, And it just felt like when those two players were injured, it was a good opportunity to give him a start. But Mikel didn't for whatever reason. Um, but hopefully we'll be seeing more of Reese Nelson over the coming weeks as we build up to Christmas and the fixtures start to come thick and fast. All right, that is it from me today, everyone. Thank you very much for watching or listening. As always, if you haven't watched yesterday's uh, Inside Arsenal Extra Time, the extended edition show that I do each week with myself and James Benj of CBS, and it is there. It is down below. You can get it on the video, or if you're listening to this on podcast as well, you can, of course, go and listen to it on your usual podcast platform. Thank you very much for watching. Everyone have a very good NT day. We'll be back tomorrow discussing what Mikel Arteta has had to say at his pre-match press conference. Thank you.